All right, today we are joined by uh, Mr. Cunningham, English teacher and hockey, varsity hockey and baseball coach. Uh, Mr. Cunningham, how are you? Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on today. <laughs> no problem. All right, let's start off with um, a little background on you, Mr. Cunningham. Where'd you go to college? If you went to Bowman Hill, obviously. A lot of guys know that. So, um, yeah, where'd you go to college and what'd you do after college? Yeah, so I went to Belmont Hill, obviously, graduated in 2012. After that, I went on to Amherst College. Uh, shockingly, was an English major there. Proud to say I never took a math class in college. Um, I p- continued playing varsity hockey and baseball at Amherst. Um, eventually, after that, I took a, a year off and continued coaching uh, varsity hockey and baseball at Amherst College through a fellowship, one that Mr. Grant and Mr. Schneider have also had um, when they were at Amherst. Knew I wanted to get back to Belmont Hill at some point, somehow, some way. Um, so every step I made after that was pretty intentional to get back here. I taught for two years in Western Mass at a boarding school um, and then eventually made my way back to Belmont Hill. This is now my fourth year back here. I've taught seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, and seniors. The only class I've not taught so far is juniors in the English department. And I coach, obviously, varsity hockey and baseball here. Coach ninth grade football my um, first year here, but then Eli Goldstein decided to put his face mask through my lip and I got stitches. So that was probably that. the the end of that. Did not belong there. Remember that. Uh, <laughs> it seems so long ago. I know. You guys were little guys then, huh? Yeah, seventh grade. Seventh grade. You, advisor, yeah. you were in it. Yeah. I remember it's the, all? Yeah, that was great. Jack Hill, I was not in it. No. 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 Thank God. We were in our English class though, right? Was I, in, I was in, I was in his English class. We were in his English class. I was in the other block. Mm-hmm. The air block. You yeah. had fabs. Yeah, we did a great class. <laughs> great class. <laughs> great way to start my career. <laughs> um, I guess sort of starting um, at Belmont Hill, uh, what were your sort of like favorite teachers, stories? Like your how did your experience at Belmont Hill go, I guess? like and- Yeah. Um, so I started as a repeat eighth grader. Uh, Belmont Hill seemed like a totally different world to me. My dad was a rink manager. My mom was a waitress. Um, actually to the open house at Belmont Hill, I wore jeans and a rugby shirt while everyone else was wearing <laughs> blazers and, uh, and all that stuff. Cause I just didn't know. Um, but on that first day, I still remember Mr. Grant pulling me aside and identifying me as someone that might need a little help learning about Belmont Hill culture. Um, and from that moment on, um, I think the biggest piece for me about Belmont Hill is the relationship with the teachers. As you guys know, I struggled big time when I first came to Belmont Hill. Um, I actually did a Woodbury speech my senior year, and one of the lines was, my transcript had more C's than Cape Cod Community College, Um, which sounds like a joke, but it was kind of true. And part of the reason why I love this place so much is because the teachers never gave up on me. They pushed me to try different things. They taught me that there was other things in the world other than just a hockey puck or a baseball, which was important to know. but I love this place. There's a reason why I'm I'm back here. I've always my role models were always the Mr. Grants, the Mr. Leos of the world, Mr. Bradley, um, and I've wanted to be like them. So it's it's pretty cool for me, um, even if I do it half as well, to be able to teach the Belmont Hill community like like they did for me. Um, I think he asked for stories in there. That might have to those might come out as we go through a little bit. I think <laughs> yeah. we'll see, but. Um, but yeah, no, obviously I love this place. There's a reason why I'm back and there's a ton of alums that are back here working now, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you reminded me by saying baseball and hockey. You were obviously a uh, two-sport athlete in college. Um, how did that sort of like, I guess, and now it's different than it was 10 years ago, but even like playing two sports at the varsity level, 
in high school is almost rare and playing two in college is even rarer. So I guess, how did you sort of balance the two without specializing in one? Yeah. So I'd say that it was always ingrained in me since I was a little kid that especially growing up in Arlington, you play football, hockey, and baseball. Those are the three you, you balance it out. Um, so when I came to Belmont Hill, it was actually not that different. It actually just kind of aided in what I wanted to do even more. Um, I would say for not specializing, my father was a two sport athlete in college, which I think helped a lot, um, pushing me to do both. Um, I think being a catcher and a goalie, which obviously means that I'm probably a little crazy, but that um, those two positions go pretty well together, I would say. Um, I needed a break when hockey was done. Like I was all mentally drained. I needed to go to baseball. It was like my my safe escape from from hockey. Goalie's so mentally strenuous. Like it is yeah. even if it's not your your fault, it's it's your fault. Your job is to keep the puck in front of you. If you don't do that, it's there's no convincing me it's not my fault. So baseball was always the place, which is ironic. They say it's such a mental sport where I could feel calm and just play and not have to think about anything. Um as the way I would if I were playing hockey. So it was always just ingrained into me to play two sports. I loved it. I needed the break from the two. Baseball started as my favorite sport as a little kid. Came to Belmont Hill pretty quickly. It switched to hockey. Um, but then when I got to Amherst, it switched back to baseball again. So it was pretty interesting trajectory there. Um, but I couldn't really picture my life without both of them. That makes sense. How did you find the transition um, from coming to Belmont Hill to Amherst, you know, on the sports field and in the classroom? So it's interesting. I, I'll be honest with you guys. I was in a weird way embarrassed when I first committed to Amherst. Um, my first tours were to Boston University, to Providence, to Holy Cross. I thought I was the bee's knees. Um, it didn't end up working out. Um, so then when Coach Grant started talking to me about Amherst, because the baseball and hockey coaches were were both both interested, I didn't I didn't want to go there because it wasn't D1. Right. And that was like the hardest pill to swallow. I pushed all my chips there. I wanted to do this. Um, but I remember this guy, John McNamara, actually Jack McNamara's father, who used to be the hockey coach here, sat me down and he said, 1% of kids that play hockey, play competitive high school hockey, like at a Belmont Hill, a cushion. 1% of that 1% play in college and 1% of that 1% play in the NHL. And he looked at me in the face and said, do you think you're going to play in the NHL? I said, no, I don't. Um, and then he started to laugh at me based off of the more seized than Cape Cod Community College and saying, if you can go to a school like Amherst College and you don't go, you're dumber than I thought you were. And that always kind of stuck with me. So that really pushed me there. And it's, that's kind of when my academic change was happening at Belmont Hill, too. I was doing the Woodbury. Um, I was doing peer leader stuff. I was trying to start to figure it out a lot more. So it was a tough decision. I mean, I tell my friends from Arlington, I'm going to Amherst. And they're like, oh, you mass, bro. That's sick. Yeah. No, it's no, it's Amherst College. Yeah, no, I know the the Minutemen. Yeah, sure, the Minutemen. That's that's where I'm, where I'm going to school. Or then when I told them it was D three, they just say, "Oh, that's good. You're still playing. That's, that's awesome." Um, so it was a tough pill to swallow, to be honest with you. But if this is what I wanted to, once I realized my hips weren't going to last four extra years of blocking balls or stopping pucks, um, I wouldn't be in this spot if I didn't make that decision. You probably feel amazing making that decision now, right? I feel a lot better. I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. If you want to get into like Amherst in general, I'm more than happy to talk about that too. It's an interesting environment. You know, it's it's not Belmont Hill. Um, to be an athlete at those schools, you're not the most popular kid walking around campus. Really? Right? Really not. It seems a lot like um, athletes versus non-athletes in some regard. Um, just because I think, 
I mean, well, to be realistic, the athletes, you get a little bit more wiggle room with the admissions process. Pretty yeah. clearly, if, if I got in there, right? Um, I will say Amherst academically was 500 times easier than Belmont Hill, probably because I got to choose what classes I wanted to take. I never took a math class. I just took writing and um, history courses and things that I enjoyed. Um, but Amherst was an interesting place. Like, they did not like... The athletes there, they did not think that they belonged. They did not think that they meant should be there on that campus. Um, and that goes from administration down to the students. We weren't allowed to wear Amherst hockey gear in certain classrooms. Professors would make you take it off and things like that. Um, so it was an interesting environment. I'm glad I went through it. It was a world that I've never experienced, especially coming up from the environment I grew up in. Um, but it's interesting because I think a lot of people come out and say, oh, it's the best place in the world. It's amazing. Look at all the people that have gone here. But I just don't love that idea that we they have this idea that we're better than you because you went here where it's like people at UMass work just as hard as people at Amherst College. There's, there's no, yeah. no yeah. difference in my eyes. Something that stuck with me that you told me in seventh grade English was, didn't you have Robert Frost as professor? Or am I completely, completely wrong? Nope. So I had um, Richard Wilbur, who was Robert Frost's professor. And Richard Wilbur was the U.S. Poet Laureate. So that's probably who you're thinking yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. So how, how was how's your relationship with him? And how was it like you know being taught by him? That was a short class. That was a senior class um, that was about poetry. I actually had to write a 30-page paper about birds and poems for the – sounds so exciting – for the final yeah. essay. Um, but that was so cool because he was 94 years old. Um, he was co-teaching the class, and he would read his poems to us because um, you never know what they're actually about. So, like, one of them, I still remember, it was called The First Snow in Alsace, and um, one of the lines was, like, moths burning on the moon. You have no idea what that's about. He tells us he wrote this poem during World War One while he was in a bunker hiding, wrote it on a piece of paper, and the moss burning on the moon is what his imagery was for the bullets hitting the snow. And it was like, whoa, I thought this was just some boring poem about God knows what. And the fact oh that God. he you get that other side of it, I thought was was pretty cool. That's it's very cool. Wow. Yeah. Took a lot of poetry classes at Amherst. Poetry and film and studies was kind of my jam when I was when I was there. A lot of it's about the professors, too. I'm sure you guys know that at Belmont Hill, even, like, you want to take classes with teachers that you like. Yeah. yeah. It's helpful. Similar interests, so. <laughs> when you came to Belmont Hill, like, when did you, like, you realize that you had to, like, start taking academics seriously and you couldn't just, like, go off and not do homework and all that? Yeah. I mean, the first eye-opening experience is when I went to talk to the Dartmouth coach and immediately sent him my transcript that I never heard back from him again. That was pretty eye-opening because I'm still thinking, like, Oh, I have buddies that commit places and their grades stink. And I go to Belmont Hill and that was a bit eye-opening. Um, one story I'll give you, um, this will expose me a little bit, but when I was a rambunctious sophomore in the ceramics classroom, um, uh, uh. I'd like to give Mr. Moranja a hard time. And I, if you know anything about ceramics etiquette, you got to roll the bubbles out of the clay or else it explodes in the kiln. So I thought it would be funny to not roll the bubbles out and put that into the kiln and have everybody's things explode that they made. Um, so that happened. He ended up finding out it was me. I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And this man, if I can describe him to you, Mr. Marange, if you're listening, I love you. He's not very tall. Um, <laughs> white hair, beard, portly guy. And this guy put me in a verbal body bag um, after that. He asked me where I was committed. And I said, oh, my God. And I said, uh, well, I've toured here. He interrupted me and said, no, no, no. Where are you committed? 
I said, nowhere. And he goes, oh, good. Well, you can have a lot of time to think about where you want to go to school while you're cleaning the ceramics room for the next two weeks. Just so you know, Mr. Cunningham, there's more in this world than a hockey puck. And the fact that it was the ceramics teacher just verbally going at me, something about that was so eye-opening. I mean, it was an experience for sure. I'm not happy that I did it, but that was pretty eye-opening too. And I, as someone that had hopes of being a captain of varsity hockey or baseball at some point, just not what you, not what you do. It's funny in the moment, but um, that was super eye-opening to me. I don't know if that answers what you're looking for there, Jack, but. No, it did. It did. <laughs> um, this is more towards like the sort of culture at Belmont Hill and the kids who go to Belmont Hill. How did you sort of like, feel like how did you adapt to a different like environment compared to Arlington middle school or like just your like, I guess, how did you adapt to Belmont Hill? Totally. Uh, academically, not well. Yeah. Um, and I think it was mostly cause I was concerned with the social dynamics more than the academics. I still remember them telling me when I first came into Belmont Hill, it's okay to get a C. That was the first time I ever heard that. My parents heard it. So I was like, oh, if I... I remember you telling me that. Yeah, if I take the brakes off uh, a little bit, you know, I can just get C's and no one's going to be mad at me and I don't have to work that hard. Is that because you're passing the class? They said it's okay to get a C? They were more trying to demonstrate that Belmont Hill is going to be harder than your normal academic environment. Like you might have never gotten a B before. You're probably going to get a B at some point. Yeah. Um, So I kind of ran with that a little bit. Um, So socially, the, the positive for me is that I had a good group of buddies that I knew before Belmont Hill. So when I could come in here and they were just like me, a, a kid from Somerville whose dad drove the Zamboni with my dad in Arlington. Um, he and I were really good friends. So I saw a lot of people that were like me, had similar backgrounds. Um, not to say that I was scared of meeting different people from new from new backgrounds and stuff, but it was a little bit intimidating. You don't want to be like the poor kid. Um so having other kids that were like me, I think, really helped to kind of make me feel more comfortable here. Um, and as I got to know the teachers more, too, and learning about their backgrounds and where they were from, that certainly helped a little bit. Um, but I think the biggest adjustment was just me becoming mature and learning that um, it's not all about making people laugh. You can, and you know, you have a lot more potential in there. Thank yeah. you for the teachers for that. The, the you're going to get a, it's not that you're going to, the it's okay to get a C thing made me think of uh, our seventh grade English class. It was one of the first days and you were like, you guys are going to get a B minus or a C on a test or a big assignment at your Belmont Hill career. It's going to happen. And I was like, no, it's not. Like, I'm smart. Like, I came from a school that like, not anything against Shady Hill, but like <laughs> coddled you in every way. Like, didn't have homework on the weekends. Like, didn't even get grades till sixth grade. Like, and so... I was just like, no way I get a C. And then like three weeks in, I got like an F on my Latin quest. <laughs> but <laughs> I just remember that moment. Yeah, well, I don't know. That's one thing I always try and use to my advantage as a teacher, just having had great successes here, but also have some pretty big failures. I like to think I can prepare you guys or help at least empathize if you are struggling. Because there's always grass is always greener on the other side. It's like yeah. an Everett. If you if you basically just do your work, you get an A. That's just yep, happens. Yeah. Just do the worksheet the teacher gives you, pass it in, you get an A. And then mm. I came here and Mr. Martin's seventh grade Latin class destroyed me. <laughs> and I mean destroyed me. Mr. Cunningham knows, my He's, advisor. He he was there to witness the whole thing. Um that's what like 
brought me down. You still that, take Latin, right? I still take Latin, yeah. I love well, it. Well, there you go. A lot of people yeah. stick and stay in strong but, exam. I mean, it was like, for, is, that was the first time I've seen like an, an actual F and like come see me on a piece of paper. <laughs> I was like, that's it. <laughs> that's what it feels like. They used to phrase yeah. it that Belmont Hill will beat you down over and over again, but there's always somebody to pick you up if you're willing to do the work. Um, yeah, which is true. I, I think that's kind of the reality of this place. It's changed a little bit, but I still think that that holds true. What is Mr. Cunningham doing his free time? Let's get let's get away from the serious stuff. What are you doing your free time for fun? What do I do? Am I for fun? You fish. You I don't do fish. You don't still live on campus, right? Did you move? I don't. Uh, my girlfriend and I live in Acton. Um, nice. We have a house in Acton um, with our two huskies. So that's obviously a big thing that we're we're used to dealing with the the two dogs. Um, we actually have a guest bedroom now, and we finished it last week, and the dogs literally think it's their room. So, like, when we go to bed at night, we go we go into the bedroom. They go to the guest room and go on the bed That's and awesome. look out the window. Do you still bring the dogs, like, English class sometimes? The, well, there's actually a, a new rule where you're not supposed to have two dogs on campus anymore, and that is thanks to thanks to me um, for when my dogs— You can have one dog when not two. Not two, because then they end up running through the dining hall in the middle of B-block. Um, so, that did happen. Um but um, I bring them. I, seventh grade, we do call the wild still. You bring I bring them for them call, call the wild. Yeah, yeah. So we that's did awesome. that. I popped the rollerblades on. We did a little. I did a rod around the track. It was it was a good day. So, um, but what else? I love fishing, especially over the summer. Um, pond fishing, ocean fishing. I never had a boat, um, but my dad and I, when I was a little kid, would wake up at like four a.m., drive down to the Cape Cod Canal put the waders on, go into the middle of the canal and fish for stripers. Um, awesome. So I still like doing that stuff. Um, other than that, I it's funny. Like, if you had told me when I was in eighth grade that I would love to read and be an English teacher, I would have told you you were crazy. But now in my free time, I just love reading. Weirdly, though, I only read, like, nonfiction stuff in my free time because I think I teach so much fiction. And I just want to – anytime I read something, I'm like, I want to learn something. I want to take something yeah. away that other people don't don't know. Um that makes me sound pretty boring, though. So I'm trying to think what else I, what else I do. I mean, I've it's this now I'm at the age where all my friends are getting married and stuff too. So oh, I'm yeah. kind of it's very funny going to wedding a Amherst circuit. College wedding is very different than an Arlington High wedding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so for Amherst, I had to go to the Caribbean for a wedding, and then Jesus. for my buddy from Arlington's bachelor party, we grilled steaks in his backyard and watched the football game. So <laughs> that's a lot. That's more my speed. That's awesome. um, I'm obviously an avid Boston sports fan. Any time I can get out to watch a game or um, I finally got my girlfriend into watching hockey too. So I balanced it out by watching the Celtics with her. She played college hoops. Um, so we do that. And then every Sunday we watch the watch the Patriots, obviously. Of course. That, that's, a, that's a staple. And I, I have the fever. I have the zappy fever. Yeah. So. Do you like still play like pickup hockey or baseball or the hips completely? Uh... The, the hips are dunzo, man. And it's so frustrating. <laughs> um, so I don't play hockey anymore. I try and play forward. The only problem is I'm not any good. Um, I play softball all summer long. I love slow pitch softball. It's with all so my fun. Arlington buddies that I grew up playing little league with. We still have a team in every age group in Arlington has like their own team, which is awesome. So I get to go down there and it's, it's, great because you don't have to run very much i can actually like play shortstop because the range is like two feet which is great um but i i can't play hockey anymore it's frustrating even like working out and stuff just makes my hips 
Hill. Oh, do you remember seventh grade Camp Burgess? Running around Camp oh Burgess. <laughs> that was the fastest I've ever. I'm you still sore from that. Yeah, I think. You, you couldn't <laughs> walk for like five days. I had to. I had to play for keeps I'm first like, day. Oh my god, dude! This guy is like crazy. He's flying around. Yeah, I was like running past all the kids. He's a goalie. It was like a race to something, and I. We were all running, and Mr. Cunningham was just flying by everyone. <laughs> oh my god! I, I remember, remember that. That. Yeah. that was great. That was a great first. I mean, you guys, it was you guys helped that trip. first year so much. Um, remember the me, cabin? Which was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I remember the smells of the cabin the smells more than of anything. The cabin, yeah. A it's a mind. shame they didn't do. They're not doing the like overnight grade trips this year. Yeah, no, they, they changed they it did, up a little bit. They did um, the Camp Cody or whatever the senior one is, but yep, they didn't the do still go. And where did you guys go? We went to Canopy Lake for the day. That's kind of sweet. Yeah, it was fun. But but it's different than staying overnight. Yeah, and, especially yeah. for the seventh graders. Like, that was where I met. Like, when I didn't know anyone, that was a big sort of trip to meet everyone in the grade. So I'll never forget when I met Pimentel. Because I, I met met you, Stone. I was like, all right, this kid's pretty cool. I'm like, who's this little kid? He wrestles in the corner. Like, <laughs> And then Dill's like, yeah, <laughs> this, this is Pimentel. This is Pimentel. I'm like, oh, what's up, Pimentel? I remember... <laughs> But that is one of the first time just I met. Go, just the first time it. I met Fabs, it was like twelve o'clock. I had to get up to go to the bathroom. I see Fabs in the. <laughs> I think it was the stall. He was uh, going number two, and he was like, "Hey, Jack!" And I was like, "Oh, are you Fabiano?" It was uh, my dad and his dad grew up together. We started talking for like five minutes. That was the first time I ever met Fabs. That was pretty <laughs> obvious. Goody, f- goody faked paralysis in an eighth grade hockey game. <laughs> <laughs> That was, that was seventh grade. Mr. Chin runs onto the ice. Everyone's like calling an ambulance, and he just gets up and skates off the ice. <laughs> he was like starfished on the ice for like 30 seconds. <laughs> and then just got up and was fine. Well, I the, the rink went dead silent. And then yeah, Mr. it looked Swing bad runs too. Out on the ice. Mr. Chin runs out, and then Gucci gets up and skates off. Yeah, he's like, I'm fine. Like, Why are you lying on the ice? <laughs> Raw, I sound like a gunshot, dude. No, well, he like tried oh, to hit someone and just messed yeah. and flew no, he, full he, speed he into the board. He got reverse hit. He got reverse hit. Like that. He was like going in to collect the puck, and the kid crushed him. Legs in the air, head head first in the glass. Oof. Oh my goodness. That was seventh great grade game. hockey was one of the best best teams I've ever been on. That was the best. No, our, our ninth so much. Fun. I was starting D D line. Me and Grayson. You and Gray, yeah. And we practiced in <laughs> You guys all played forward. Yeah, Max and Arlington. It was me dressing yeah. Ryan Pole first Coach line. Pack. Awesome. Mr. Sweeney. Oh, first day screwed up. I can't believe the seventh graders, like, the current, and even, like, for the, probably the, I don't know if he's going to coach again soon. Is he going to come back to? half year sabbatical, so he'll be back in yeah. the spring. But, like, he didn't coach last year, the seventh graders. Yeah. Um, okay. They didn't get the, like, no experience. pucks for the first three days experience. Yeah. Who coached? Just Mr. Peck. Oh, I yeah, Mr. Peck definitely had pucks out there. He's, he's our, not as our first practice. We had aggressive. we had no pucks for like first five practices. Yeah, yeah. Like at least. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh my god. Edge work. He's yeah. screaming at Grayson. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. He still fires me up. You know, yeah, I see him running around. Campus. I saw him on uh, the open house. It was awesome. Oh yeah, I miss him. It's he, he, it's so funny with me and Mr. Sweeney like. He, I did so poorly in his class in geometry, and that's right when I was being a punk. I had him and Mrs. Sweeney at the same time, um, but they knew I had more to offer. They were doing what they needed to do, and then I still remember, like, my first or second week at Amherst, I go to my mailbox, 
fresh baked cookies for the card from the Sweeney. Say congratulations. No, so it's yeah, like that's that's, that's awesome. pretty cool. I've always I've never forgot that. That was pretty special. Yeah. Yeah, how, how does it feel coming back to campus and like seeing teachers that you know, like you might have like messed around their class? Or <laughs> yeah, like a more teachers in a colleague sense more than your. Yeah, it's um, this is gonna sound weird, but this is my fourth year. This is like the first year where I feel fully comfortable. It's taken a little bit. Like I will still never call Coach Martin Ken. That yeah. know, saying that right there sounded weird. Um, yeah. Same with Mr. Sweeney. Never call him by his first name. I just I can't do it. They ask me to. Just it's not in my not in my nature. Like they are coached to me. Um, yeah. But no, it's been it's been a lot better now. Once you realize that the teachers want you here and that they actually value your opinion, it's a lot easier to kind of communicate with them. Like they're not talking down to you. everyone. All the teachers here are so normal too. Like especially mm-hmm. the ones that I've worked with throughout my time as a student too. Like uh, I don't know, they've made it so easy for my transition. I usually uh, like to bring up movies, but then Stone gets mad because he's like, no else. Well, you like movies. every episode, you want to do a tier list of each like category of movies. Oh, Mount Rushmore. I got you. <laughs> yeah, it's good. To do all right, Mount Rush great. movie, Mount Rushmore. All, all, mo- all movies, all time. That's okay. hard though. Super bad. It's not that hard. Super bad. <laughs> no, you like, don't get your chance to go. Uh, well, I'll just do. So actually, we have like um, we have a third floor attic at our house, and I mm-hmm. just full sports memorabilia all over the walls and then above the TV has all my favorite movie posters. I bought them online. So I'll give you those ones. The order of that goes Forrest Gump. Okay. Goodwill Hunting. So those are the two non-comedy movies. Um, I actually, my first dog's name was Skylar based off of the girl in Goodwill Hunting. Talladega Nights. Oh yeah. Okay. That's, that's a must have. Cal Naughton Jr. is a Halloween staple for me. Shake and bake. Uh, Shake and bake. That's right. (laughs) Ain't first or last. Um, what else is up there? Billy Madison, hundred percent. I used to have a VHS player in my bedroom with no cable and I would just rifle through every of the Adam Sandler movies. So it'd go water boy, Billy Madison, big daddy, happy Gilmore, start over again. Keep going through. (laughs) Um, I'm missing a Will Ferrell movie. Not Step, Step Brothers. Brother. Um, oh, old school. Uh, oh, yeah. Which old is awesome a little movie. bit above your pay grade, maybe, but that is my awesome. all-time probably favorite movie. So three comedies, Good Bull Hunting's just amazing. Um, and then Forrest Gump, I think, is probably the best movie what's, ever made. What's Good Bull Hunting about? I've never seen it. So Matt Damon is, they actually make fun of it in Step Brothers, um, if you've seen Step Brothers. But yeah. Matt Damon is a genius janitor. At MIT. So he's an orphan. He grew up in South Boston. He works as a janitor at MIT, right? This professor at MIT, Gerald Lambeau, puts this equation on a, on the board in MIT and says, whoever can finish this, it pretty much shows you're the smartest kid at the school. Like nobody can finish this problem. They come back the next day. It's finished. Who did it? Will Hunting, the janitor. They figure that out. They ended up finding Robin Williams is in it too. So they set up Will with a psychologist and with the professor to work and um, pretty much they're trying to get him to make the most of himself, even though he loves hanging out in selfie, going to the bars with his friends, doing crazy stuff with his buddies, um, getting in fights all the time, things like that. Um, he's afraid to fail, if that makes sense. So they kind of push him to fail and I won't, I won't ruin the movie for you, but there is a happy ending at the end. Um, but I love that movie. And Matt Damon and Ben Affleck wrote it while they were, freshmen at Harvard together. Um, they, went, they went to Harvard? Yeah. And they both grew up in Cambridge, I believe. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's that's the movie list. I love movies. I, I love movies. <laughs> yeah. My favorite's gonna be um, That's My Boy. 
That's my boy, <laughs> Nugget Pocket. I like that one. Han Solo. Han Solo. Han Solo. Steven Fabian. <laughs> is that, is he Han Solo? Yeah, yeah we got Han Solo. Uncle Fanny. Check your pocket. Look it's, at the heads are such all a good movie. <laughs> Such a good movie. Well, that's one of those ones, though, that's hilarious because it's pretty bad, I think. Yeah. I don't know if that, you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's like, an awful movie. That, that's what makes it good. That's what makes it good. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Do you guys even know, like, Dumb and Dumber and those movies? Yeah. Okay. They're bad movies, but they're just like, uh, all right, no, that's a hot take. Sorry. No, it's not a bad It's movie. hard to phrase it. They're like, yeah. I don't know. It's like Caddyshack is one of my favorite movies. There you go. And it's like awfully like directed and filmed. Like, it's so, like, it's so <laughs> stupid. It's the like, acting oh, is so bad. Holy. Like, it's so over the top. But yeah, my favorite's probably got to be like Godfather, um, Caddyshack, Step Brothers. Rudy is a good one. Ocean's Eleven. Is Rudy is is that the hockey one? It's a football movie. No, Rudy's the Notre Dame football. Oh, I have movie. no idea. I'm, I like. I only watch comedy movies. <laughs> like, that's alright. Yeah. I did too for a while. Yeah. I actually watch documentaries all the time now. I love doing yeah. that too. There's some good documentaries. Netflix is always yeah. They're always throwing the, them out. We're not gonna put this in, but do you watch the Dahmer one? Yes, I just did, and I I, I still haven't watched it. Every night when I watched it. I needed to put on Family Guy afterwards After, yeah. to like cleanse my palate yeah. so I could actually go to sleep. Because I thought that documentary, the, the reason why I was so good is I had this moment where I felt bad for Jeffrey Dahmer. I yeah, like I that. Too. Wow. I when I watched my friend yeah, yeah. Dahmer, I watched that. It's the one before. Is that the act- when, he's a high, when he's in high school. Whatever the acted one is, is the one I saw. No, I'm talking about, this is a movie. About Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that one? Yeah, is, is, is like it's when he's in high school and he gets like bullied and his parents go through the divorce. Yes, that's the one and that just came out on Netflix. It's super. No, it, this is my friend Dom. This is like one before. Oh, it's from okay. like 2017. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. you know, like, we're talking about the same yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This one, the, the reason why it's different is I haven't seen Netflix one yet. I hear people talking about it. But it doesn't it start when like when he's like killing and stuff? I'm trying to remember from the first. No, episode. it starts. Like, it starts with like his childhood, and yeah, then like makes where he brings you... the teacher little tadpoles instead of an apple. Yeah, Do you remember that. But like, he does it's weird things. Active, and it's like a series, and it goes through. But the guy that plays Jeffrey Dahmer is so good. Like, yeah. like I was saying, like at one point, you're like, I feel bad for a cannibal. Like <laughs> when my girlfriend came home the other day, and I'm just watching. John Wayne Gacy Netflix thing. I feel like a weirdo. Yeah. Like, he's like, what are you watching? Like, I, it, I don't know why. It's weird stuff, but I find it so interesting. How can someone do this? That's what I'm saying. It's like, like the car accident. That's, that's what makes dressed up like a clown and killed the boys and hid them in his, what, under his house? Like, that's crazy. That's what makes like, it interesting. Because yeah. it's like so bizarre. Well, people, and the true story is like, yeah. you ever hear that thing about like, you, you see a car accident on the side of the highway, you have to look. Oh yeah, that's why there's always traffic yeah, going the other way. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's slowing down to look at the car accident. It's like the same thing. It's like, you got to look at it. Watch my friend Dahmer. It's from 2017, and it's like it goes through his childhood. Like, I might be single if I watch another serial killer documentary. <laughs> <laughs> he gets like he gets like bullied, and it's like it talks about like when he starts like uh, dissecting like dead animals. His and dad taught him how to do it. His dad was a scientist. Yeah. And he taught him how to like decay it in acid. Like, yeah, well, he was like, uh, my son is not interested in anything. This is the first thing he's ever shown any interest in. Um, how do I support it? So he taught him how to like dissect animals and stuff which yeah, is yeah and it's a it's a true story this movie it's like based on all real events and when his parents like divorce his mom moves away and he's in the house by, by himself at 17 and he and he's driving home from, the from something and then picks and up then a hitchhiker. he picks the hitchhiker up and kills him <laughs> yeah. and that's Jesus. the movie ends craziest part too at the end sorry then we'll, we'll be done but where they're like hey, you have to play, plead the insanity plea and he's like no I knew what I was doing 
Yeah. She's like, no, I wasn't insane. I'm not insane. Yeah, it's yeah, like, if you watch, he, like, when he talks about, like, why he did it, he's like, yeah, I just felt like a rush of adrenaline yeah. or something like that. And they're, like, addicted to it. It's like, <laughs> it's not even, like, it's not even, like, he wanted to, like, uh, plead insanity and, like, he literally asked for the electric chair. Yeah. It's like, I don't deserve to be alive. Yeah. Like, he knew. I don't know. That's Sorry, that's an aside. Crazy stuff. There's been a bunch of, I don't know how long it's supposed to, what time we got. 307. We got to wrap yeah. it up. Okay, cool. Anything, any final Football. questions? All right, let's end it off. Ready? No. Thank you for coming, Mr. Cunningham. Thank you.